Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It is Tuesday, May 30th, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We're sending invitations to our next two Starseed Quests to Arkansas. The first one is in August, the 18th to the 21st, for the Harmonic Convergence, and there will be a total solar eclipse as well as a new moon for that one. The second one is for Pleiadian lineup, November 17 through 20, and another new moon for that one as well. Our starseed quests seem to be escalating to a new, higher level each time, and it's wonderful to have so many returning. More than half of our last group were alumni. This is a soul family reunion, and only starseeds with at least one natal marking at galactic degree are eligible. This event has been redesigned to cover four days, making it much more affordable than the week-long quests. If you want more info, just write to crystals, that's plural, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S, at starseedhotline.com. Our special guest this evening is Sherry Anshara, who, after four near-death experiences, now devotes her life to teaching and supporting individuals, families, and even businesses and corporations to heal their duality-based emotional and physical baggage of limitations on this third-dimensional earth and universe and embrace their own unlimited power. By sharing the information from the many multidimensional beings she's met, she teaches people how to connect heart-to-heart and soul-to-soul, freeing her clients from the restrictions and limitations of duality through private sessions, classes, online courses, and books. Through the quantum pathic energy method, which she created and developed, her clients begin to live life fully, cancel karma, lessons and reincarnation, and create their lives deliberately and lovingly, enhancing not only their own lives, but the lives of their family, friends, and even business relationships, creating the full Monty of life and knowing what it means to be truly a self-empowered, multidimensional human being. Sherry is a medical intuitive and the founder of the Quantum Pathic Center of Consciousness and the Quantum Pathic Institute. And you can check out her website, websites, which are uh, quantumpathic.com, and that's quantum, C-U, I'm sorry, Q-U-A-N-T-U-M-P-A-T-H-I-C, quantumpathic.com. And also Sherry Anshara, which is S-H-E-R-R-Y, Sherry, and Anshara is A-N-S-H-A-R-A dot com. And she also has the quantumpathicinstitute.com as well as a channel on YouTube. So plenty of ways to reach her. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Fiona and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for anyone who has a question or comment for Sherry. You can check out our online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download any of our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. 
If you'd like to show your support of our program, we'd appreciate that. So please click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And for those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical, spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a big difference. If you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power, do you? You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want an interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it about two or three months ahead of time because we do have a waiting list. So uh, first up this evening, we have Anastasia with the wonderful Starseed News. (laughs) Hello, welcome back. Thank you. Good evening, Good to be back. Good evening, everyone. It's great to be with you. Well, we have an explosion occurring on the sun today. A long, dark filament of magnetism is lifting off the surface of the sun. They say as the filament lashes through the sun's atmosphere, it could propel a coronal mass ejection into space, much like the one that sparked a strong geomagnetic storm just two days ago on the 28th. And this information comes from spaceweather.com. Also, tomorrow we have a near-Earth asteroid. Uh, On the 31st, tomorrow we have an asteroid passing by 2017 KW31 at a distance of 1.2 lunar distances. So fairly close, pretty darn close, actually. Well, NASA is to release artificial clouds in the sky above the Maryland coast. Pause. Do you want me to repeat that? (laughs) Yeah, my mouth is open. (laughs) Artificial clouds in the sky above Maryland, above the Maryland coast. That's right. NASA will begin testing a new system on Tuesday that entails the release of artificial clouds along with the sounding rocket launch. The luminescent clouds will be released into the environment above the mid-Atlantic coast in hopes of learning more about the ionosphere. P.S. Um... Anastasia wishes they'd leave our ionosphere alone. Anyway, (laughs) the test is scheduled to begin at 425 in the morning and last until 442. They say a sounding rocket will be launched from the Wallops Flight Facility on Virginia's eastern shore. Wow. Okay. NASA also uh, has found monstrous cyclones turning over Jupiter's poles. Well, they found those cyclones with the assistance of NASA's Juno spacecraft, which spotted the chaotic weather at the top and bottom of Jupiter, and it surprised researchers because they assumed, apparently according to this article, that the giant gas planet would be relatively boring, but not. These are huge cyclones, very turbulent weather on Jupiter at its poles, and apparently they are surprised. Why this article was written now, I cannot say, but um, because this apparently was discovered last year, but now they're sharing it with us. Well, here I go again uh, on my uh, anti-cell phone rant, but you need to know this. Most smartphone apps share your data with third-party services. Now, all of you who use computers and cell phones, have you ever stopped to think just how much of you your searching and your activity online reveals about you? Well, just think about it for a bit, won't you? 
And according to this story, our mobile phones can reveal a lot about ourselves as well. It reveals where we live and work, who our family, friends, and acquaintances are, how and even what we communicate with them, and our personal habits. Absolutely. And with yeah. all the information stored on cellular phones, it isn't surprising that mobile device users take steps to protect their privacy, like using pins or passcodes to lock and unlock their phones. However, um, the research that's being done identifies and explores a significant threat that most people miss, and that's this. More than 70% of smartphone apps are reporting personal data to third-party tracking companies, such as Google Analytics, the Facebook Graph API, or Crashalytics. And when people install a new Android or iOS app, it asks the user's permission before accessing personal information. Yes, it asks you for, the infor- for, your, for your permission. So you give it because you want the app, right? But once an app has permission to collect that information, it can share any of your data with anyone the app's developer wants to letting third-party companies track you where you are, how fast you're moving, and what you're doing. So think about it. Think about it, people. Think about it, people. Is the convenience really worth it? And how about the principle of the thing? The word freedom comes to mind, which we are eagerly giving up. Well, we had a really bad disaster in Moscow. Um, I say it's the worst ever natural disaster in Moscow. Well, they wouldn't know if it ever, but I mean in recorded history, obviously. Uh, They say as many as 16 people were killed and scores injured by falling trees and debris from buildings as a violent storm swept through Moscow. This was pictured on social media, and these pictures showed uprooted trees, shattered bus shelters, construction crane that blew over, Um, They said several hundred trees were uprooted, not just blown over, uprooted. And uh, according to the TASS news agency, this hurricane was unprecedented for Moscow. We have been having the wildest weather across the planet. Did you all hear about uh, those enormous hailstones that fell just a few days ago in the Midwest, twice the size of of baseballs? I'm telling you, uh, in my lifetime, that was just, just not heard of. When I was young, I remember occasional bouts of baseball-sized hailstones. They, they were rare, and now this is becoming very common everywhere and even bigger, like the double baseball-sized hail we had just recently here in the States. And lots and lots and lots of lightning people. You know, I think the lightning around the planet strikes about a million times a minute, um, but obviously... Um, we're having just ferocious lightning storms that may be actually increasing that amount. I don't know. I'm speculating. But more than 100,000 lightning strikes were recorded within 12 hours over southeast England and northern France. And uh, that was uh, from a superstorm that was as large as the size of Wales that swept across the English Channel. They said there were up to, up to 500 lightning flashes a minute. Um, the sky was lit. Uh, that's very, very dangerous when you have something like that. And again, you know, an electrical storm, we see them on the, on the uptick across the planet. Um, lots of electric disturbances going on. And uh, Cyclone Mora has hit Bangladesh. 300,000 people have been evacuated. 
Now, this cyclone Mora made landfall in Bangladesh today. It damaged houses, and there was packing winds of up to 117 uh, kilometers per hour, and authorities had to evacuate hundreds of thousands of people along the coast. And uh, they say that this uh, cyclone is uh, crossing over the North Bay and coastal districts of Bangladesh, that about 300,000 people have been taken to shelters in more than 10 districts. And they say that uh, it took about 400 cyclone shelters uh, or safer places to move these people into. They're reporting that at least 2.5 million people in 10 districts risk falling in the way of this severe cyclonic storm. And that's in a very, very poor part of the world. So let's send them some good light and energy. That's tough. That's tough. And uh, floods and landslides, it, landslides in Brazil have left seven people dead and 35,000 people homeless. There again, big numbers of people uh, suffering from the weather. Uh, this was flooding that occurred in Brazil's northeastern states. Uh, they say about 35,000 people have lost their homes after nearly 12 inches of rainfall fell over this past weekend. And that caused wow. authorities to declare, uh, declare a state of emergency in uh, 15 municipalities. So big numbers, lots of loss there. Well, at Rampelli Lake in India, uh, they have found over 30,000 dead fish washed up on the shores of this lake uh, in, in central India, India. And it's prompting an angry response from environmentalists who claim that it shows that uh, there is alarming pollution levels in the lake. Well, what's concerning about this, not just that itself, it's very concerning, but this particular mass death follows a similar incident last week in which a total of 60,000 fish were found dead in a lake on the outskirts of this city. It's about 90,000 fish in just a week altogether. Well, officials are claiming that the fish have succumbed to bacterial infection caused by high temperatures, but environmentalists are insisting that responsibility is with uh, industrial polluters and domestic polluters. Well, in Indonesia, we had a strong 6.6 earthquake. It uh, rocked Indonesia's central province. There were no reports of damage or casualties, so that's good. And in Memphis, Tennessee, wow, more than 138,000 customers in the Memphis area remained without power Sunday, last uh, Sunday, this last Sunday, following severe storms. Uh, thunderstorms swept through portions of Tennessee Saturday night and early Sunday morning. Uh, there were no reports of injuries, as I have them, but they say that was the third lar largest outage in the city's history, surpassed only by a 1994 ice storm. And Hurricane Elvis, if you can believe that, in 2003. Does anybody remember to Hurricane Elvis? I don't. Maybe the rest of you do. But I thought that was interesting, Hurricane Elvis. I remember the ice storm in 1994. And let me tell you, in this part of the country, that was ferocious. It was really something. So the third largest, largest outage since those uh, previous two storms, pretty big. And in this time of year, with the heat building, pretty tough for those people to be without power. Okay, well, we have a volcanic eruption going on in Alaska. It is the Boglazov volcano in the Aleutian Islands, erupted two days ago, the 28th of May. It's sending ash clouds as far as 35,000 feet up. Now, the, re the eruption resulted in the aviation color code to be red, and that's the highest possible level by the Alaska Volcano Observatory. Now, this volcano has been active for almost six months, 
the, the eruption took place in the afternoon and lasted for a total of 55 minutes, which is a pretty good, pretty good eruption. They've since, uh, um, as of today, lowered the aviation code to uh, orange, but they say that they're ready for a red warning if the uh, if there's a problem with flights or the ash gets in the way of airplanes. They may have to ground flights up in that area until the ash clears out of the skies. All right. Well, our last story for tonight is uh, interesting, really interesting. Microsoft wants to store data in DNA within the next three years. Now, what they say is if we used DNA like we use magnetic tape to store data today, it's theoretically possible to store all of the information humans have ever recorded in a space roughly the size of a double garage. Well, sharing their goals with MIT, you have to think about that, don't you, for a second. (laughs) All of the information humans have ever recorded in a space roughly the size of a double garage. Well, sharing their goals with MIT Technology Review this week, Microsoft Research Computer Architects say that they want to start storing their data on strands of DNA within the next few years and expect to have an operational storage system using DNA with a data center by the end of the decade. Now, as outdated as it might seem, they say that one of the best ways to store a lot of information in a small space is just old-fashioned magnetic tape. It's cheap, holds information for up to 30 years, and it can hold as much as a terabyte of data per, per roll. But when we consider that more data has been generated in just the past two years than in all of human history, it seems that even magnetic tape might not cut it in the next few decades. So they want to Mm -hmm. store it in DNA. And I think that's incredibly creepy. But there you have it. That's (laughs) what they're up to. And, uh, you know, when you think about the amount of information that this article points out. More data has been generated in just the past two years than in all of human history. It's mind-boggling. It it, it represents such an acceleration that is uncontrollable. It's out of control. And when you think about how humanity will survive this out-of-control freight train, nothing can stop it now. Because when we talk about the generation of data and the compounding of data, this takes us to complexity theory, where things get so complex that you know they, they disintegrate under the weight of their own immensity and complexity. And we see this all around us now. We're going to see more and more of it. Well, the answer is, of course, not to look outside, but to look inside, to go inside to the internal spirit and the internal light within and to stand alone and within that perfect light, that quantum consciousness, however we we say it, uh, that is sort of the gateway out of the chaos that cometh. (laughs) Pardon my archaic uh, term there. But really, you know, there comes a point where, and one of of the problems I see that, that is generating so much distress in the minds and bodies of all the clients that I work with and everybody around is that we are making the mistake of chasing information. And we are allowing ourselves to be distracted and scattered and going faster and faster and faster and faster, you know, because that is what 
such a chaotic system out of control with compounding uh, amounts of data and rapidity of processing and uh, smaller and smaller um, um, storage capacities and uh, faster and faster everything. It's creating people um, uh, a breakdown, I think, on a cellular level and a mental level and a spiritual level. So it's up to us to say, stop, just stop. I'm not doing this. You go right along without me. I'm going to go inside. You know, I'm going to connect to my soul. I'm going to be with nature. And I think that that is very likely the transformative moment that we have the power to generate. You know, that uh, transformational quantum moment when everything changes. So anyway, that's my two cents worth. And uh, with that... (laughs) I, you know, I, I'm going to turn it back over to you. But I will say to all of you that when I read the news and I, I, uh, you know, we leave out a jillion things in this short broadcast. There's far more just because of the data, right? More, more, more data is generated than I can cover, and I leave a lot out. But as I study the news and I look at where things are going, you know, the only answer is inside. And uh, we don't need to worry so much about fastening our seatbelts if we're not concerned with keeping up. Um, we just need to find a nice soft space to nestle and uh, and work with our consciousness because that's where the answer is, as you all know, preaching to the choir here. All right, well, yeah. that's it for this week. And I really look forward to seeing you again next week, Ariel. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful program tonight. I looked at our guest website, and I'm just thrilled to have her as a guest. just going to be great. Very, very it is. Uh, wonderful contributions he's making i think it's cutting edge and great stuff so i will eagerly listen and much love to each and every one of you from my heart to yours have a beautiful week everybody bye bye for now thanks so much anastasia we'll um, hear the news again next week in the meantime sit back and enjoy the show okay so i will um first of all uh see our guest here and I will get your mic open, Sherry, and then go. And there's Lavendar, and get you both set up here. Okay, well, we are on go, ready to start, and welcome Sherry to our show. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be on the show. Thank you for having me as a guest. Oh, it's our pleasure. So, Lavendar is going to kick it off for us. Um, Lavendar, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Well, Sherry. Okay, great. Sherry, I, I received your books, and, and girl, you have been busy these last few years getting the messages out to all us starseeds. So welcome, my dear, and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became conscious of who you are now. Well, it actually started in the very beginning. Um, I I knew things like right from the get-go, even at three years old, which was a challenge for my mother, of course, and my family. And I could see what, as a little girl, what I called the lights. It's the aura, bioenergy field, electromagnetic field. And I could actually see the continuum in in individuals, in those around me, since I was a very little girl, even though I lived those two lives in that duality world and attempted to kind of go along with it, if that makes sense, though it it wasn't my truth. And so I just kept creating near-death experiences to find a way to get out of here. But obviously it didn't work. 
so what was the first time that you had a near-death experience? I was three. Oh. And, and, and that was a very pivotal year um, in, you know, uh, saying to my mother uh, things that I could see or that I knew was going to happen or talking about the continuum. Um, one of the funniest things when I was three, I mentioned to my mother, I said, you know, I used to be Jewish and lived in New York. And she goes, we're Catholic and we live in Detroit. What are you talking about? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and, you know, so did you have many more conversations like that with your mother about other lifetimes? Um, and it, you know what? I just recognized that it was very uncomfortable to her, so I learned to speak her language that made her more comfortable. But I would say some of the things they would say is, uh, you know, where did you get these ideas, you know, or where did you come from? And I would say to them, hmm, that's very interesting. <laughs> so that was always my comeback. That's so interesting. <laughs> so uh, later on as you became a teenager, what was happening in your world when, when um, say, you were 14 or, or 18? Well, that's really funny because I always uh, my idea was always to be fourteen. But I tell the t- truth, when I got to be fourteen, it was similar. So as a teenager, um, I I wasn't interested in a lot of most of the teenagers. You know, like if I dated, it was good. If I didn't date, and I was popular, and I I just went in and out of different groups. And I really believe I was searching for information. Uh, that that has been one of, I would say, my key quests was really looking for information for answers that I could not get. And in school, the teachers would say, why do you ask these questions? And later on, I teach that question means quest at your ion level. And I really surmised that everybody was looking outside of themselves for answers when I knew that it was inside, though it was frustrating because I did go along with some of the programming that I wasn't comfortable with, but I went along with it because I didn't know who else to talk to. Right. <laughs> does that make Does that Absolutely. make sense? Absolutely. You know, Sherry, I in my clients uh, recently, I'm I'm discovering something that people are really hung up on approval of others and trying oh. to live their life for other people. And and it, it occurs to me to tell them that they are looking outside themselves for the answers and when they have them all the time inside. And it, it's like a a place where you want somebody to understand who you are, but since they don't know who you are, why would you want them, why would you want approval from them? See what I'm saying? It's like, I'm seeing all these star beings that are now on the planet, and they're turning around to third-dimensional humans, trying to get them to understand who they are and wanting approval for for them, and yet they don't know who they are. Exactly, and that's really what I teach. I teach people, uh, you could call them the tools or the idea, and I've been doing it for years and years and years. So in the medical field, they say that I do uh, psychoneuroimmunology or that it's epigenetics and religion or metaphysics, they call it healing, but I just call it results. (laughs) So it's looking, 
I know. I go, that, that's the best scientific word I can come up with, results. And so I'm able to assist people to get in their continuum. So here's going to be a paradigm shift. We talk about past lives. So I'm going to throw this out to you and your listening audience. There is no such thing as a past life. And I actually have a little theory on that DNA storage because I was listening really deeply. So we, it's, we're really a continuum. And I've actually worked with my clients where the information comes up out of their body, a date, a name, a time frame. And I actually will Google that. And there they are, and some of them look much the same. So it's a continuum that is stored at the cellular level that I call cellular memory. And cellular memory is the clear information about ourselves, but the cellular memorization that that I started writing in my first book in 1991, and I couldn't get anybody to publish it. It took me 10 years to self-publish it because no one talked about that when I was writing this book in 91. And so the memorization of duality programs override it and make us not good enough, not smart enough, um, and all the different diseases or diseases that that stifle people from these, you know, in these programs of duality to keep them purposefully not connecting to their self or their information. So information is in form at your ion or cellular level. And that's the part I love is assisting people to unlocking and unleashing this fabulous information, not from the past but what's going on in your body because we bring it with you. Right. You know, there's a there's a, a a paragraph that you wrote that I'd like to read out of your book. And the name of the book is, and the point is, Beyond Duality. And it says, validation is the only addiction on this planet. Everyone will do anything, even make themselves sick, to get validated. Validation is the addiction to be right, getting attention, getting noticed, getting something to be recognized. Good or bad has nothing to do with it. Getting attention is what validation is all about. That really is profound. Can you expand on it a little bit more? Yes. Okay, and I'll do it in a real simple way. When we are children, when do we get the most attention from our parents? When we're sick. The next step is when we're bad. So so addiction is the desperation for validation to get noticed because we are taught the tools that you have to succumb, you have to sacrifice yourself for someone else, or you're selfish. That's not the truth. When you are centered in self, you are able to share. So that's why I don't get burned out working with clients. So the desperation for validation what my God's better than your God, my way is better than your way, my way or the highway, and everybody wanting needies to be right. And there's no right or wrong. So in the paradigm shift is what is correct, what feels. We thinky-thinky in the computer brain, only the left brain that goes to the right side, the male side, and we recreate. So that that validation issue creates addicts, 
whether it's drugs or sex or rock and roll or whatever it is, we are addicted to something outside of us for validation. And we will even go into groups to not only harm ourselves, but harm someone else with the idea I'm right or wrong. And that's the validation. It is so addictive. You know, I have a a saying that that came to me some time ago. Do you want to be right or do you want to be on time? (laughs) (laughs) And I have have several clients that are in the political circles and they'll call me about all this wildness that's happening now. and, And my answer is, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be on time? And they say, okay, thank you. And then they just hang up the phone. <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. But it is the truth. And see, in, in duality, it's true, but it's not the truth. And that's why I would get in trouble as a kid in a history class, because I would ask a question. You know, it's as simple as that. Columbus discovered America. And I'm a little girl raising my hand. Well, if he discovered America, how come there are people living here? And the and the history teacher got so frustrated, he goes, just memorize it. Memorize it? Memorize something that isn't the truth? And I would get in trouble. Yeah, I did the same thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So I can, I can appreciate that. And our bodies are the intelligence and intellect. And this is a paradigm shift. Honestly, brains do not have any intelligence. We keep searching for intelligence in the brain. It's a computer. That's all it is. And if we're only using half of the brain, then what's the other half doing? So it's what we put in as a program. It's, you know, your desktop, laptop, or whatever. But the real intelligence is in the body, and it starts in the heart. It's the highest vibrational field, not even because I say so, but because of the tests that they've done. They, there's a difference. And so in order to get out of this old paradigm of duality, and it is happening, it is happening. And, and I'm going to throw something else. About nine years ago, I began, began to see a particle in, in these new kids on the block, I w- or the millennials. I would see this particle that I have dubbed uh, the God particle, but I call it the Akira Zananda. That God particle is the female power creative. Power is not force. Duality is male-based. This is not male bashing. But that's what we're coming out of. And people are terrified because they don't know. So they are, are acting out stuff. But that is the be- we're in that cycle of the beginning of the birth of the female God particle that I call the Akira Zonanda. Dr. Tiller calls it the Deltron. Gary Schwartz calls it the God particle. But I like to call it the Akira Zonanda. And because I know that's what's happening, and the millennials and the ones coming up from the millennials, they have it. They know it, and they are the ones that are going to make the change on this planet, and we must make these shifts. You know, uh, Sherry, I don't know if you know much about me and my work, but I was taken on a 25-year trip with the ETs, and they told me to write all this information down that they gave me and all these high strangeness experiences that I would have and put in a bank vault and I was to hold them for 25 years because I had to wait until the kids that were born after 1980 were were adults and that's what's happening now I'm I'm releasing a little bit at a time out of the bank vault for for this particular group of kids that came to the planet oh that's fabulous congratulations I love it 
but let me tell you, Sherry, it was very hard for me to keep keep all this to myself. I mean, when oh. they said, "Oh, you can't you can't share this with the world yet. You can't show it to anybody." Well, there were a few times that I wanted to, and I'd I'd take something out of the vault and I'd try it out. And boy, would I get my hand slapped! <laughs> I couldn't wait to get the information back in the bank vault <laughs> because and of what I was experiencing out there in the world with with people that thought I was nuts. <laughs> well, I can relate. <laughs> I can definitely I relate. But it's tell us time... a little bit about some of your near-death experiences. Well, in my near-death experiences, in my third one, this was in 1991. I called this the big one. Um, oh, I'll preface it. In every near death, there was always somebody there. You know, and you did, you know, you didn't complete your contract, blah blah blah, or whatever. And that's how I learned about contracts. But in the third one, I met what I called the twelve wise guys. Um, they actually were very humorous. And one thing I learned from them better than unconditional love. And I'm not discounting unconditional love, but when we use the word love. You know, people, you know, have their own idea. But what I felt from them was total acceptance, just total acceptance. And I I can't even describe what it is. And they told me about the contracts. Um, They told me some of the things. And then from that point, I would have what I call the walkabout talkabouts, that I would be able to meet more and more what I call beings. I don't call them ETs because of the caveats of the grays and the whites. So these I call beings. And okay. I have been and I have been very grateful since through this process to meet with over thirty races of beings outside this universe. Of outside duality. And through that period from 1991 in that near-death experience, and by the way, it was a setup to get there, and I was actually 15 feet underwater upside down in the Connecticut River. And what month in a was car. this in 1991? Um, it, it was Memorial Weekend. Is that hilarious? Oh, this anniversary. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. Yeah, this, this is my birthday this past weekend. Memorial Weekend, and there there was a setup, and you know I can recognize that, and and my head was mashed, and my brain went out of place, and I had a broken neck, and eventually found out that even three cracks in my vertebra in my back. However, that is how I created the quantum pathic energy method. It it was to heal myself. And so they said, you know, you might have to walk like this or do all that. And I said, no, that's not happening for me. So I created the quantum pathic energy method, which is that connection to the cellular memory, which I started writing about 91. So I knew that there was a clearness, a wellness, uh, the body, how it's supposed to operate instead of being a sick body. And so that was the most profound and in uh, the most delightful meeting the 12 wise guys that got the ball really, really rolling, better than when I was a kid. So when you say the 12 wise guys, um, do, do, are they humorous? Are they laughing and joking? And Well, they weren't exactly laughing and joking, but they were very humorous and not like a, you know, going to a comedy club. But I call them that because I felt so happy 
that they that they had to know a lot of information, and that was my introduction to uh, my journey to be of it, not in it, to be above duality and not in it. But believe me, it took a while. So when I came out of that, I, I subsequently, years later, was studied at the University of Arizona, and they said I was a genius. Now, the audience, this is not an ego thing, because my brain is actually out of place in the cavity in my cranium. And so I said, oh, this is so fabulous, because that theory is now is working, that it is in the cellular memory that I was able to do that. But it took a lot. I lost my job. I lost everything I had. And in 97, I showed up in Phoenix or Scottsdale, Arizona, if you can imagine, with my last $50 and really didn't know anyone. And so from that cellular memory and of my experiences and the knowledge that I gained from these beings and the subsequent ones, that I was able to put that together not only in a methodology to teach people how to heal themselves, but it was basically for me to heal myself and and get clear about how debilitating and limiting that duality is, and I actually begin to teach wordology is your biology. Tell us more about that. Wordology is our biology. I really love that. Expand on that if you would. Okay, this is what happened. When I was still in Michigan, I was working with a lady that was uh, alcoholic, and I didn't really know much about her, but she was uh, recommended to me. And in, in the beginning, I was kicking and screaming. I did not like the idea of working with someone at all. It, you know, I, I was, you know, in some ways going, I just would like to do this for myself. So now, so this woman comes to me, and she had been an alcoholic recovering for 30 years, 30 years. But what do you say at an AA meeting? Now, please, in the audience, this is not a judgment, but she would stand up and say every, you know, three, four, five times a week, sometimes seven, my name is so-and-so and and I'm an alcoholic. And so I was working with her in a session, and I opened my eyes, and the word addiction was floating in her field. And then I closed my eyes. And then I opened my eyes, and the word was still there. And then we completed the session, and I didn't say anything to her because I was surprised myself. And three days later, she called me, and she said, the oddest thing has happened. And I said, what? She said, I've been smoking since I was about 13 years old, and she was 70 then. And she said, I haven't had the urge for a, for a cigarette. And she said, the other thing is, I haven't been in to a, a meeting for three days, and she said, I discovered that I was addicted to AA meetings. Now, this is not a judgment. This is her view of it, and then then I shared with her, and she said, I forgot that I had been a mother. You know, her kids were in their 40s, and I forgot that I had been a wife and a, and a daughter. I was just focused on being this addict, and she said, Sherry, it's like it left me. And so I'm looking at the word addiction rising above her body, and I thought, oh, my God, that word, that word came out of her body. It came out of her biology. It's like wordology is your biology, and that was the beginning of it. So you're saying that the words that people say over and over again becomes their truth. 
becomes true. It's true, yeah, but true not the them. truth. Yes, it becomes true for them. So every time unconsciously, so I always say the body's like the house, and the garage or basement is a subconscious where psychologists work that tell the story over and over and over again, the story. But the unconscious is the land upon which it's built. So if the land says that you are stupid from the programming or you're not good enough, it doesn't matter what you achieve. How many very wealthy rock stars or wealthy people have committed suicide or overdosed or killed themselves when they, quote, have it all? What they didn't have was themselves. Yeah. They had a persona. but That not wasn't themselves. real. That wasn't real. And duality has realities, but they're not real. They're just a reality. And so this woman, her reality is, I'm an addict. That's all she was, was an addict. But when she began to clear that, she said, oh, my God, I didn't have an experience really. And her children are now adults. But in the, their adult, what did they miss? Connection. And so that is how um, insidious some of these duality programs are. We see it around the planet now, what people are doing. They're fighting each other. They're killing each other. You know, beheading now or beheading in the past, and I teach people about time. Like, what does it mean? And so in wordology is your biology. If you are doing, quote, past lives that are going on your body and you weren't good enough or not deserving or you were beheaded, you know, because you were royalty or whatever, it's the same thing. It's duality. And that figure eight that says, you know, that's infinity, that is the biggest BS program on this planet because energy does not flow in a figure eight. Up and down, do it again, over and over. So that's why I love teaching people the tools how to free themselves and connect to their heart and love themselves, you know, in, in truly acceptance. I get, you know, I get so excited. I get up and, So I've had people with stage four cancer, it's gone. They've had depression, it's gone. Because they recognize, oh, now I know how I created this, and I can uncreate it. Yeah. I, I noticed in the book, on page 112, you have a something called the grid, getting out of the third-dimensional fear grid. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about the old bands and how they keep rubber bands, they keep boomeranging around us? Yes. That, thank you. I, and thank you for reading this book and, you know, the books. I so appreciate it. You have no idea. It just makes me smile and, and be heartfelt. So in quantum physics, this is Michio Keiko. You see him on TV all the time. He's an astrophysicist. So he came up as a co-author of the string theory that we vibrate at strings. But they're bands. In my classes, you actually see these, quote, invisible bands. So let's say I am running a victim program, whether I'm aware of it or not, and mostly we're not. And people say, why is this always happening? Because we recreate, recreate, recreate. That's what that karma lessons and reincarnation and that figure eight is. So I'm a victim. I'm actually sending out the bands, and they will connect to a victimizer who answered our ad. 
they have no other choice. They answered the ad. And so there was a famous actress in Hollywood, I will not name her name, but she married the same man eight times. They were all alcoholic abusers. And that's a profile, and that's what the bands do, connect to the profile. So I say to people that how you're treated is how you give people permission to treat you. That's why you must be conscious because those bands will go out and they will come back to you. And and the, the people are just answering your ad. That's what the bands are. They have the information in form at your ion level. So what is it are you speaking in your wordology is your biology without uttering a word? That's where our communication is, is through these bands, not so much through the throat or the voice box or the larynx. So you're talking about silent silent uh, signals too, right? Yes, and I, I, I really call that the screaming silence. The screaming, oh, yeah, the screaming <laughs> silence. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Isn't that's that a, a good really one? Good a cre- one. Yes, and when you clear that self out of the cells, because those molecules of emotion that actually Candace Pert wrote about, molecules of emotion, they're thick, snotty, gelatinous, goopy. So when people start clearing that out, it could be cancer, it could be depression, it could be anything. It could be it could be strokes, it could be Parkinson's, it could be Lou Gehrig's disease. So those molecules of emotion take over the clear, clean cell. And when that starts coming out, that's where we got the idea of the light body. Your body actually got lighter. It, it, you, it's like getting on the scale and you lost five pounds, so your body is lighter. Well, when you clean out, so I call that the empty fullness. You empty out this BS, belief systems, and now you have a place to create clearly and consciously. I'm choosing to create health. I'm choosing to create a great relationship. I'm choosing to have fun. I'm choosing to do write a book or I'm choosing to meditate. I'm cho- you have choice, but duality only offers decisions. So a decision is what life gives us. That's what we're told. And but the and we get stuck. But a choice you can change it. You can choose it and then you can change it. We don't have to be stuck. I wish that more people knew that, what you just said. I wish that they functioned at that level, knowing that they're not stuck. So many people are stuck in old programs that their families have given them or either their ancestors and their bloodlines. Are you finding in some of your clients that people are are getting aware of their ancestors' blood and some of the conditions that they're living in now? They blame it on their ancestors from seven lifetimes ago. Has that been coming up for you? Well, actually, I assist my clients to let it go because it's even longer than that. It's from the beginning yeah. when, when, when the human race was manipulated in a Petri dish. And so we don't have to hang on to that. The DNA is strictly a template. It's strictly a template. And the more conscious you become, that is what changes the DNA, the more conscious. And the truth is, in the expanded real human body, 
we don't even require DNA. They have done tests. They can take the DNA out of the cells, and the cells keep ticking because I'm telling you the intelligence is in the body. So we don't have to be trapped in the DNA because the DNA is a duality template. Isn't that extraordinary? Well, yes, and I'm finding a lot of people that I, I'm having sessions with, when I look at their astrological information, what I'm finding is that they were born with their male and female all-in-one body, and they don't need anyone to complete them. That is absolutely, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for saying that. That is absolutely the truth. None of us requires somebody else to complete us. Yeah. It can't be half now, I'm whole. It's a country-western song, and I'm not rolling country-western. But the fact is, that is not who we are. We See, and here's another paradigm shift. We're talking about being oneness. I cannot abide by oneness, because oneness makes us the same, and we are not. So what I teach is allness. That means you can be your unique self and still be connected. So What's I the word you heart. used? Allness. A L L. A L L. So I allness, like all. A L L. Allness. <laughs> okay. And and so I call it heartness, allness, and connectedness. That's why in the multidimensional, when we are in our own allness, then we can recognize these other beings whether you call them ETs or not. How do we know they're ET? So that's why I like to call them beings. And that opens up a different dialogue for my clients, for my friends, and really many of my clients are my friends. And so in that connectedness, we can appreciate the uniqueness of each of us. Could I call it differences? I call it more the uniqueness so that there's not a separation, and we don't have to try and try and try to be the same because we all came here with our unique talents. And if everybody's attempting to be all the same, that's Robotrons. That's boring. Very. (laughs) (laughs) And I do not do boring. Well, and it reminds me of Star Trek and the Borg, you know, (laughs) the Borg. Yes. Duality is the Borg. It's it's putting everybody in a box. That's why I love these millennials and the new kids on the block that are coming in. Yeah, they seem to have a, a different way of processing information, too. Yes, and they're not looking for the story. Like, the you know, everybody wants to tell their story. They're just like, could you just give me the facts? Like, let's get to it. And I love them. <laughs> Because we've told too many stories, and the stories get convoluted. I remember as a kid, we'd gather in a circle, and somebody would start something, and by the time it got back to you, it wasn't even the same. And so that's the story, and it gets convoluted in the computer brain. And so to be conscious is to be aware, but it's to be fully connected to yourself in your continuum. Right. And it's so, so much more fun. So do you do you have classes that you teach there in, in Scottsdale? I do. I teach a class I teach many classes. 
Um, one is Heal Your Core. And I'm actually, go- for any of your listening audience, uh, this month I will be in Connecticut teaching a, a two-and-a-half-day class on a weekend. Uh, I will be there uh, June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And getting to the core, it's called Heal Your Core, to begin to get rid of some of these programs. And I have been so fortunate that many physicians I work with have embraced it. But it's not about getting validation. It's because we're all people. We're all people. And we are in the most tremendous opportunity this planet or this universe has ever seen to connect with each other in those other dimensions that in that connection we can now have a conversation through the heart. I think you're right about that. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. It's time. It yeah, is so absolutely. time. Well, tell us some some names of some of the other books that you've written. I've, I, um, I, well, the one that I'm looking at now is called The Intelligence Code. What's in this book? That is actually 14 of my clients from all walks of life that have tapped into their intelligence within their body and in their relationships, first with themselves and then each other, and their life has changed. There's actually a young couple that were told they would never have any children, and now they have two. There's a world-leading oncologist in there that had headaches for years and how the methodology that I taught him and everyone in that book. There's a gal in there that's a hairdresser, and it changed her life. And it's so emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, and financial. Those five words mean the same thing. But we're only looking at financial as money, and we look at it as what is the cost to us when we don't live our lives consciously. So 14 of these brave souls wrote their chapter of how it changed their lives. One is in transition out of the corporate world into a new life. She's actually a facilitator now. And so the intelligence code actually on Amazon Kindle went number one in six countries. Wow. I, I noticed that but, you have something called Sherryisms. You've got one that <laughs> says, be clear what you say about yourself. It may mean life or death. I like that. Cherryism, yeah, I love that. I know. Well, I, I would say things in class, and people say, "God, write that down, write that down." So it turned out to be cherryisms. And one of my favorite ones, I live by this every day. Before I get out of bed, I say a cherryism, and that is what I say makes my day, and what I say can make or break somebody else's day. And so that's how powerful the words are. And when the words come out of your mouth, there is an energy to it. Is it based on the heartness or is it based on judgment? And I always say the words you speak to others, you're really speaking about yourself first. That's true. That's very true. Yes, it's so exciting. So teaching consciousness and teaching classes to provide the tools for people is is my delight it's my happiness it's um it, it's it's taking this information that i have learned from all of these different beings even on this planet 
and disseminating this information in practical ways so people can use their intuition, which is their clear guidance. I always say, follow your heart. If it doesn't feel correct, don't do it. And I teach what fear is. If someone tells me that false evidence appearing real, I'm going to scream. I'm going to laugh and scream. Fear, your audience, please write this down. Fear is only lack of information. That's true. It is. And when you get the information, then you can make a clear choice to do it or not. And I always, when someone asks me to do something and I'm not quite clear, I I, I will say, I'm not going to say no and I'm not going to say yes. What I require is more information. I get more information, I go, wow, that sounds fabulous, let's do it. Or no, that just simply isn't for me, don't take it personal. It's just not for me. Let me ask you, Sherry, since you live in Scottsdale and there's a lot of metaphysical uh, people living there and a lot of activity happening there. Do you find um, recently a lot of people talking about their post-traumatic stress that they're having because of ET encounters or higher beings talking to them, or is this something that you're finding in your practice? I have for years, and actually I have worked with some that were abducted uh, that weren't very nice, and actually have taken implants out of them. And I and I actually had one of my clients um, that I teach them the tools that they cannot be abducted, um, and they and I teach them the language. And one of them is I'm sovereign, and and they can't and they can't be affected. They can't be touched. And so we are powerful beings, and it's time for all of us individually and collectively, to stand up and be human. Be the real human race, not the manipulation of all these duality programs. So, yes, I have worked with abductees, and they were able, they can't change the past, but they were able to release the trauma of it out of their body and take back their power. And that is just I I cannot describe the words for them uh, of how it is. And so when they become sovereign, then they have a choice of how they participate. So if anybody shows up to me, I make them fill out a resume. (laughs) Who are you? Speak in my language. If it doesn't feel correct, I send them away. The same as I would do an intruder in my house. What are you doing here? If, it, it, if it's for exchange of knowledge and information that we both can, I, I, they have to, I have to interview them. And I'm not making this up. You can ask my friends and clients. I'm very, very specific about it. You just don't show up, you know, and don't hand me, dearly beloved, we're gathered here. No. Who are you? What is your intent? And is this a mutual exchange? If it isn't, go back wherever you came from. I love it. <laughs> you really cut through it all, don't you? You've, you've oh, had to yes. learn to do that. Yeah, that's absolutely. Great. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be wasting my time. Yep. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I'm looking at the time, and um, if if you would um, be open to questions, maybe we have some people that want to call in and talk to you. Would you be willing to do that? Oh, I would love it. And by the way, I did send you the pictures of the blue and gold people. Oh, you did? I got them. Oh, I I did. I sent you a whole bunch of them. 
Okay. Yeah, she, I, I've got them. I've got them, and I, I took I took a couple of them um, and put them in the slideshow. So if you are um, and you're and you're the, the computer, first and you're the first I'm sharing this with. Aren't those amazing? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there were there were too many to put all in the slideshow, so I, I just picked some of the um, the most profound looking ones that would translate well over the internet. But yes, the the blue beings, um, the gold beings, um, they show up when you're doing your work. Do they show mm-hmm. up other times as well? Oh, I have a whole bunch of them. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm not being <laughs> smart alecky about it. It's just that you know we have come to terms, and that was wonderful because they came into a small class I was teaching. See, we're really multidimensional beings. That's what the shift is about, is to become our multidimensional self in the real truth of our human body. And human means the color of man, the hue of man or women. We must stand up and see the uniqueness of each other without killing each other. Killing each other for a belief system I mean, that is just so ridiculous. And to honor life, all life on this planet. And that's why I keep saying, if we blow up this planet, the planet's alive, we're not going to be here either. Well, <laughs> there, that's, the planet will not be blown up. Oh, no, it we will have, not be. I yeah, guarantee it. Yeah, it will, yeah, it will not be blown up um, because we have... Um, we have beings on duty making sure that that doesn't happen. And as I have said before, it's like this: we only have one planet, and we can always make more people. So, you know, the planet has to come first because, yeah, where would we live? Exactly, and the planet's alive. And people say, well, how do you know the planet's alive? A lot, would you look at the trees? Would you look at the plants? You know. Yeah. <laughs> You can't ra- you can't raise plants on a dead planet. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, I remember a, a newscast that Anastasia did several weeks ago, and she read an article um, uh, that said it recommended to experience beauty every day. Look for it. Yes. Because it's all around us. The people... They just get blind to it, and they're they're so tunnel vision um, in their in their quasi realities. Yes, you know I, this, it, it, I I shouldn't say this, but I have an outrageous sense of humor. One time, I was asked to give an elevator speech in nine seconds. I said, "What I do is I assist you to take your crown chakra out of your base chakra, which which is not your assets." <laughs> Did they get it? They did. They laughed <laughs> because when we have our head up our base chakra, you know that becomes an issue. Well, yeah, yeah. You don't get to see much. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love what a what a visual. You cut your crown chakra up your root chakra. We know what you're saying. <laughs> and then you wonder why you have back problems. Hello. <laughs> yeah. God. So, um, well, Lavendar, did you have any other um, questions or comments before I open up the switchboard? No, go ahead and open the switchboard. Cherry, we'll talk later. I love talking to you, girl. I love you. Oh, I love talking to you. (laughs) Okay, well, um, um, at this time, 
if you are already on the switchboard, and actually we, we do have a caller that's been waiting since the very beginning of the show to speak with you, but for the rest of the people, if you're already on the switchboard, if you've called in, then all you need to do is press 1 if you've got a question um, so that we know. And if you're listening on the computer, then you'll need to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you get in, press 1, and that will flag us that you want to um, ask a question. So um, actually, I I have a few things that I wanted to say myself, but I'm going to start by picking up this caller who's been waiting so patiently. Are you going to be talking to Jackie and... um, the question is about healing. Um, so, Jackie, you are on the air with Sherry. Hi, Sherry. How are you? Hi. So nice to talk with you. Thank you. I, I definitely would love to read the book, The Intelligence Code. I'm wondering if I've seen it somewhere and I just, like, overlooked it. But my main question, after listening to the show, before before I come up with a question, I must say that um, Anastasia's um, reports were, like, so interesting because... Um, a lot is happening around the world, and um, to tie it into what you were saying about the um, the Earth being alive, I believe that the Earth is groaning, just like they mentioned in the Bible. And all what we're seeing is the Earth responding to the abuse that we're doing to the planet. And when I say we, I'm I'm talking about the pollution. I'm talking about the scientists that are, you know, trying to play God. Um, and I think we're just seeing the effects of it because the, the weather is very weird. But That's the hard my main reason for My main reason for calling initially was to ask about the same thing that you addressed, like how do we release trauma, whether it's dealing with inner child issues, such as myself, and also I'm, I'm dealing with a teenager who has dealt with trauma and emotional, emotional and physical abuse as a result of, our environment, and I'm trying to aid this this person to get themselves together, and it's just been very difficult, especially while I'm trying to heal from my own inner issues. Mm-hmm. No, I do. I totally comprehend that. Um, I, I'm not doing a commercial here, but actually 20% of my clients I have never met. I work with them over the phone to release trauma by getting to the origination point, of, of that experience, and I teach a tool called NEO, Non-Emotional Observer. And, and through that progressive process, because we can't change the past, they are able to physically release it from their body because that you carry that with you, um, and it doesn't have to stay in the body because it's physical. And so through the methodology that I created to heal myself, I teach people those tools. Uh, matter of fact, uh, many of my clients are in Ohio. I've actually worked with this one physician who I met years ago, and I've worked with over 500 of his patients over the phone. I've never met them. But you can release it. And here is one thing you can say. If you would repeat this after me, say I in your name. Say I in your name. I, Jacqueline. Knowing at my deepest knowing. Knowing at my deepest knowing. I can't change the past. I can't change the past. It's one second ago. It's one second ago. But I can change my future. I can change my future. 
By not dragging the past forward. By not dragging the past forward. And I am the only one. I am the only one. That can validate me. That can validate me. For those outside of me. Those outside of me. Who validate me. Who validate me. I thank them. I thank them. And for those that don't. And for those that don't. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. (laughs) Well. Oh, well. Oh, well. (laughs) And you know, I receive those words. I really do. Yes. Yes, please. Because those words are coming from the God within you. Right, I get that. I really, I really get that. But how do you teach it to someone else? Just have them to repeat it the same way that you had me repeat it? Yes, and I go through a, a progressive process of getting to the origination point in this lifetime, you know, let alone the others, but in this lifetime, which is a continuum, and then you begin to look at it as neo, non-emotional observer. And I've had clients release cancer and depression and, you know, anxiety, because those are all the labels of that issue, wherever it gets stored in the body. So depression is deepest disappointment, anxiety is unrealistic expectations, cancer is eating yourself up alive. I mean, I can go down, you know, chronic pain is being sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I can go through this with someone and I teach them the tools. And it's I just worked with two teenagers, sisters. 14 and 16 over the phone, and we did it together with them because they had a very abusive family. And it was mm-hmm. actually their mother who I worked with who recommend, and we worked together as a team. Is that wonderful? Yes, it is. I, I, but, see, they were willing to talk to you because most teenagers do not want to hear this. But because you know again, what? I, yeah, but a lot the, the, of my clients are teenagers. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but there, I have a lot of my clients are teenagers, and they say you're the only one that ever listens to me. I go, of course I listen. Wow. Well, are you able to to um? There was a point where you were talking about the string theory and the invisible bands, because mm-hmm. at one point when you were just when you were having that discussion a little earlier, right? I was thinking like. Like attract like, but then at the yes. same time, they said, you know, the opposite attracts the opposite. We're all, but it's but it's not really you, the opposite. It's it's a it's a, see we talk about frequency and vibration, but the key is resonance. If we resonate to a victim. We will attract the victimizer. Matter of fact, one of my clients, when he was 52, he made this profound statement. He said, oh, my God, I just realized that every boss I ever had was the profile of my mother, not wronging his mother. She wasn't all there, but she kept putting him in a, uh, you know, in a orphanage and then take him out and then put him back and take him out. So he was used to that, you know, being, you know, bantered back and forth, and he never felt secure. And so he would actually trip his bosses so they would fire him. And that was putting him back in the orphanage, 
metaphorically as well as physically, because the orphanage was in his computer brain. Okay. So someone who self-sabotages. Same thing. You're saying if if you find someone who self-sabotage or they continue to go down the wrong path, although they, they may say something different, you're saying that that's a, that's a program? Yes. It's a program. So it it's, could the person themselves have created a program, or it has to have been programmed from someone else? It's usually programmed from someone else or from society or from, mm. you know, a belief system. And this is not wrong in it, but it could even be a religion. I remember as a child... And I remember in church they said you were born to die. And I'm a little girl mm-hmm. sitting there. If we were born to die, why did we show up? <laughs> that was my question. I got in trouble. <laughs> I, I, too, went to parochial school, and my kids went to parochial school. But I was fortunate enough I did miss some of the really, you know, the ruler, the nuns with the rulers, but mm-hmm. I did have some t- tough teachers. But I found that my um, my experiences in the public school exposed me to things that were much more detrimental. And the yes. same thing happened with my child. So what I, I guess my point is, I mean, it's like my biggest fear for, for what happened in school actually did happen. So because it was a fear... Is that why it happened? Correct, because there was a not deserving, not good enough. So I'm deserving being harmed or abused or punished. So if you can just take this tip away, how you're treated is how you give people permission to treat you. And I'm talking about now because as children we didn't know that. But now it's a powerful tool. How I'm treated is how I give people permission to treat me. I'm treated very well, but I also treat people well. And so there is a match of resonance. If I'm not treated correctly, then I ask myself, why would I draw that experience to me? And I don't have to. So it's, I'll give you a wordology as your biology, if I may. I was uh, I was a keynote speaker. This is quite a few years ago, and this lady I don't know if I reminded of her mother or a teacher or whoever, but she came up to me and said, "Sherry, you're a bitch," and I looked at her in the old paradigm. I'd argued, so I said, "In wordology, is your biology? Hmm, bitch means being the itch. I wonder what's bugging you. You're blaming on me, and it's all about you. But thanks for the compliment." <laughs> Is that a good one? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I and I didn't get upset, but she did. But and I and she said, "Well, I don't really know you." And I said, "I know. I believe you probably missed your chance or whatever." So, I don't know who I reminded or where she was coming from. But the thing is, I didn't react, which is Act 1, Scene 2, Act 12, whatever. I responded. And sometimes in my response, I don't even say anything because it's how I choose to participate. And how I choose to participate is not get caught up in some interaction that just doesn't resonate or doesn't have any viability to me. Okay. Now, all right, 
earlier part of the show, there was there was some um, conversation about technology and, you know, the data mining and all these things that they're doing um, in terms of the um, increased technology. And we also know artificial intelligence is out there and everything. Do you think that some of the technology is actually affecting the young people today in ways where they they really can't control what's going on? I do believe that. And if you if you look at artificial intelligence, watch the mm-hmm. news. I don't care who you watch. It is all artificial intelligence that they're spewing. And, yes, and look at kids are sitting next to each other and texting. Now, I'm not opposed to texting. However, what is that teaching them? Not to have face-to-face contact with each other. Is that a control mechanism? Do you know how easy it is to control people now through social media? They're more yeah, you know, I, concerned. They're more concerned. The young, ab- yeah, what's happening with the Kardashians? I would like to know what's happening to the elephants that are being extinct. You know, what is happening to the bees on this planet? And so if you're worried about what's happening to the Kardashians, who cares? That's just a moment in time. But the bees are not a moment in time. Without them are plants, and we cannot survive or live. And, yes, is there a conspiracy theory? I don't think it's a theory. Is it a conspiracy? Is it? I, I could say yes, it is, or yes, it isn't. But how am I going to allow it to affect me? And that's why I teach consciousness. And by teaching consciousness, you have a choice. I don't have to buy into this stuff. I don't have to do it. You're very powerful. Humans have not achieved the power. Power is not force. Force is Star Wars. The force be with you. And what are they doing? They're fighting. They're still fighting. But in the idea of the real power, that is the feminine, that's the female, and that is what's coming to the surface. We are now in that shift from that male-dominance duality into the power of the female creativity. Isn't that exciting? Yes, it is. But I live in a house of all males, so that shift... Like, no, but it's not It's not gender. Not it's not gender. It is not about gender. We've got to let that go. It, it's not about gender. It's about consciousness. I actually so teach people how to be more, God. Female consciousness is more of a creative consciousness, is more of a right brain consciousness versus a left brain consciousness? Correct. And that's why I teach people in my classes how to integrate the right brain and the left brain. It's quite remarkable. And when you have that right brain, left brain connected, because it's your body, it's your body that is the intelligence. That's the Christed consciousness. Whether you call it Jesus or not, it's Christ. It means crystal clear. But it also means Messiah. You have to save yourself from all these BS programs. And it says in the Bible, Jesus even says, you are gods. He didn't say you were a god. He said you're gods. And that's what I teach people, how to be the godness, the essence of God within themselves. 
and it's very powerful, and that's how they've been able to get rid of stage 4 cancer, with verifiably a couple months to live and they're still alive. Or they've gotten rid of depression or fibromyalgia. Those are labels that have happened in the different parts of the body. But your body is so incredible. That is the God within you, and it starts in the heart. Okay, so I'm sorry about the dog. My son actually just came in. So in terms of healing psychologically and emotionally and developing that God consciousness, I mean, like I said, the young people, don't they don't see the fear. That's one good thing. They don't recognize as much fear as we recognize. Exactly. And right. fear is lack of information. That's all fear is, right. is lack of information. It is not false evidence appearing real unless you're framing someone for murder. But it's 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 getting the information. And that is what I found with the kids that I work with, the millennials, the teenagers, is to assist them to tap in to that godness within them, that power, not the force but the power within them, and it's pretty amazing because that's the difference between true and truth. So I just commend you for your willingness. See, it, people tell me they're ready, baloney. You're not ready. It's willingness. But you have a willingness for you and your daughter, and that My is son. a huge and the, or your son. But that is yes. a huge step. Congratulate yourself. Honor yourself for your willingness. That is so wonderful. It's, you know because I I. I know my potential, or at least I'm beginning to know my potential. And it took trauma to really get me to this place. Yes, and sometimes we create that trauma. I'm trying to help him understand that, you know, it didn't kill you, but it could teach you to move forward. Like you say, release it. But I think somewhere deep in all our subconscious mind, we still hold on to it if, we, if we're continuing to see the pattern or the and cycle And that's repeated. what I teach people. You've got to get out of your computer brain. It's just a computer. That's why I said, would you like your laptop, desktop, or phone controlling your life? So it's about giving up control and being in charge. In charge is the snap. It's the photon. It's the light in the cells. And light is information. And the light body is letting go of all that crap. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Yes, yes. And, and just, to, just to comment on the light, I'm pretty sure there's probably other people on the line because I, I definitely want to be able to go back and download the show so that I can get that affirmation because I need it. I don't, I, you know, I, sometimes when I'm alone, I, if I do it then, it makes more sense to me. But um, the light, I've never seen the blue light, but I've seen white light. And I usually when I see the white light, I know that the white light is there to to get my attention, but I don't understand it until afterwards. Well, that's like okay, it take, but it's a be, it's a beginning. It's okay. It's okay. Don't discount yourself ever. Don't discount yourself. Well, I, I definitely want to get to that origination point because there there are some things that that I know I need to I need to walk through and work through. 
Well, that's what I assist people to do every day, and I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Sherry, this is Ariel. Do you have that affirmation um, on your website anywhere or in some of your books? No, I actually have it through the classes, and it's actually there's a whole affirmation that we do, and in the classes I have blank spaces to have, you know, assist people. But that's the short and sweet version of it is um, knowing at my deepest knowing I can't change the past, and it's one second ago, and I can change the future, and it's one second from now. So you're welcome to have that and use it. And I'm, it, do I still have time to just share some more information real quick? Uh, you do. Uh, Jackie, are you um, through? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm here to take it. Okay. And so well, this would be a good thing. Uh, uh, and Jackie, thank you, and I so congratulate you for your willingness. That's you are no, a very you. beautiful soul. Beautiful every, soul. Every, 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 every moment that I am, I am alert to where I'm at and this journey. I'm, I'm learning. Yes. Even those things that I wish you know is difficult. It's just like a subject you don't like. I'm learning. And again, I have, I have, I'm making that choice to learn it because, because I'm trying to heal. Yes, and say I'm healing. I'm 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 not trying. I'm healing. I'm healing. I'm I'm trying. Junk that wordology. Trying. I'm healing. Because I'm one of those people that, you know, I internalize. I I internalized the abuse. Yes. Whether it was verbally, psychologically, emotionally, and and I know that that has to that just knowing that what it felt like and what I'm dealing with, it creates fear, and I don't like fear. I don't deserve fear. No, you don't. I don't. Deserve- well, you can always look at my website. Um, I'd be happy, you know, to work with you individually. I would love it, but. Congratulations, because you're willing, and that's fabulous. Thank you. Great. So you can go to um, SherryAndShara.com or QuantumPathic.com. And is that where you set up your sessions, Sherry? Yes, and I usually have people call me because it only looks like I work from 10.30 to 4, but that's not the truth because I work in all the time frames. Because sometimes if I put 8 o'clock on there, someone on the East Coast will think it's 8 o'clock and it's 5 o'clock my time in the morning. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh So anything out of those time frames, I I book myself because of the three. Uh, But may I share one more thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. If everybody writes the word down, time, write the word time down, T-I-M-E. And if you split it in half, it spells timey. So if we're living in the past, the calendar doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the calendar says because we're in the past. So this is how I teach about time. Time is an increment of space. This is space-time continuum. Time is an increment of space in which to have an experience. So I value my increments of space, and I love my experiences. So when it's not connected to the past, because when people say, what time is it, if someone's stuck in the past, it doesn't matter what the calendar says. 
So time is an increment of space in which to have an experience. And I'm having a wonderful experience with all of you. That's pretty profound, That's isn't profound. it? That is very profound. Yes. Yeah. So if, if someone says, I'll live in the now, but what if your now is based on then? So I love living in the moment because if we're in the moment, then there, there's, you can't change the past. Remember, it's one second ago, but I can change the future, and it's one second from now. And that teaches you how to be more fully present and engaged in a conversation or engaged in an experience. When I'm working with couples, I say, don't ask yourself, was it good for you? If you're not fully present, how would you know? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? That's funny. (laughs) You know, please don't be doing your grocery shopping list if you are engaged with each other. Right, right. So, <laughs> so, well, uh, Jackie, I want to thank you so much for calling in, and um, I'm glad you've made this connection with Sherry, and I'm sure that she can help you um, privately off off of the public air here. So thank you so much for calling, Jackie. I appreciate it. I really do. I appreciate the help. Um, the show was an awesome show. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for calling, and uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, Sherry, you said that you had something else that you wanted to talk about. I don't don't think we have another caller right now, so now's your time. Now's your chance. I would say be... Be open. Just be open. And don't close off because when you're open, then opportunities will show up. And that's why I call NEO, non-emotional observer, is observe it. And the first person to observe is yourself. So sometimes we miss opportunities, myself included, because of fear. And fear is lack of information. So just be open. That's why I'm so loving what, what you are doing. Lavender, this is beautiful what you're doing and offering, you know, your audience. You're you're a paradigm shifter. You're making changes by the wonderful guests that you have on the show, and I appreciate being one of them. Well, you have been a very um, uh, unique and and special guest uh, just because your passion is unmistakable. You can't miss it. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, when when people, any guests that we've had on the show, when they speak passionately about what they do, it really is much more effective than people who are just reciting their spiel that they do when they do all radio shows. You know, and, and it really, the, the genuine sincerity that you put out is unmistakable. And I really, oh. really appreciate that. I sure do. And I love the work that you're doing. And it really doesn't matter what a person's problem is, like you said, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever, it all responds to this this quantum pathic energy method that you have c- created. And I'm so grateful 
every day, and I'm so grateful to be on your show. I feel so honored. And, you know, I thank my friend Craig Campabasso. You know, he told me all about you, and I'm I'm just so grateful, and I'm trusting you'll enjoy the pictures and the resonance of those wonderful blue and gold beads. <laughs> you know, oh. we are so multidimensional. We are. We are, and... and you know there i mean there are people that are walking around um robotic just reacting and um being part of the problem and it's so refreshing um because i mean you and other other guests the people that listen to the show it's refreshing to have that contact where you say okay <laughs> there is hope <laughs> there are people that are awake and they're doing they're doing the work on the planet assisting with this shift and um one thing that you had said about the about the divine feminine energy returning uh because um we track this a lot with our astrology work um and the point that that you made and and I would like to reiterate is that the divine feminine as well as the divine masculine exist in both genders it's just kind of sideways so you know the the feminine side needs to be rebalanced and when that happens, there is a unity um, that that comes to the individual, where you, you've got yes. the best of both worlds, you know. And 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 yes, I mean the the feminine, the goddess energy. Um, it's it's not about forming a matriarchal civilization because that would be out of balance too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it is about balance um, and and. Allness, I like that word. I'm going to be using it from now on, if you don't mind. Um, oh, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that a lot. And um, another another point that you made about just being so grateful on a daily basis, and you know, really, that is probably one of the single most important things that people can do to look for things to be grateful for. And we all have them. We just um, don't take them seriously because we want to focus on what we don't have. So, exactly. you know, I mean, I still, to this day, when I'm driving down the car and it's kind of hot and I push the AC on, in my car, I'm thinking about the people in wagon trains that it's like, wow, wouldn't they love to be able to just push a button and have the temperature be comfortable? You know, and, and things like that you take for granted every day. We all do. But remembering and and just giving a moment of of thanks and gratitude it sends out the band if you want to using your terminology to bring more situations for you to be grateful for it's Ab- just as absolutely easy. it's just as easy to attract blessings as curses <laughs> just what are you putting out you can tell yes. by what you're getting back and if you're getting back what you don't want then you know you got to you don't have far to look for the cause it's 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 us individually putting that out there yeah so say here you know <laughs> here's the yeah, target on my back truth. yeah yeah so and, and, and if, you really and put it so clearly did, oh i'm so sorry i mean didn't but if you i get so excited i get so i have to calm me down i get too excited because even the word because we use as an excuse i can't do this because but because in wordology means I am being the cause. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, there is a lot of 
there are a lot of codes in language that that go unnoticed. And we just we just had another caller pop up. We don't have a lot of time, so um, if we could keep the keep to the point, we're going to be talking to Marilyn, and this will be our last um, caller with a question. So let me get your mic open. Hey, Marilyn, thanks for calling. You're on the air with Sherry. Thanks. Hi, Sherry. Hi. So my question uh, is about the shift. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I went through a major shift um, over the past six, seven months, everything from getting fired to having a health challenge that I have overcome and, and now um, making a decision to move forward in my own business um, I do believe that I carry light and that I am a good, you know, light worker. My heart is full and I extend a lot of healing energy. I've done a lot of releasing and forgiveness from my past. So I've been through these processes and I understand what you're talking about. Um, and I am moving forward with this business and it feels very, I'm not afraid of doing the business, but it does feel sort of like I'm out there alone and um, need a lot of sort of reassurance, and I've been checking in with my, you know, inner being on things. And but sometimes it just gets kind of goofy in my energy, and I I I can't stabilize. So I'm just wondering if you have some thoughts about that. Okay, number one, we've been taught that if we don't have somebody around us outside of us, that we're alone, and you can never be alone because the first person you have is yourself. So always remember that you are not alone, that you have yourself. And sometimes these, quote, trauma dramas that we create in life, consciously or unconsciously, and it's mostly unconsciously, is an opportunity to clear those old paradigms of karma lessons in reincarnation. Those three words mean the same thing. So when you are clearing those, you see it as an opportunity. So can I say that from experience? Absolutely. Um, because I had, you know, I had a, a beautiful home, and and, a, and this is in Michigan. All of this stuff I had been <laughs> for alimony is that fabulous. So I get the guys sometimes, but and when I got here with the last fifty dollars and this, you know, my head broken neck and head out of place and all of that stuff, had that not occurred, this is where I would I would not be here today with what I'm doing. So did I lose anything? No, I gained everything. So from what I appeared and what it appeared as loss really is my best gain by looking at it from Neo. Now, an emotional observer, it doesn't mean that it's easy, but the more you do that, the more you get centered in self. And when you're centered in self, it's like operating everything together within your body. And and you feel that sense of power. You feel that sense of being in charge. And you feel in the idea of how I'm choosing to participate. So is that cool or what? Yeah, that's absolutely. The idea of centering is really important, I I do I do meditate every day and I do have that, you know, sense of connection and um and it does help. It really does. And I guess that as I create in the world, 
as I go out from there and create in the world, carrying that same sense of balance and centeredness and and awareness in my consciousness is sometimes what I I, I lose sight of. So, um, you know, I perhaps I'm answering my own question in that, you know, coming back to that place of conscious awareness, whether it's Neo or just really knowing how I'm feeling in that moment and moving back into center it is maybe the way to go. Yes, and honor yourself and congratulate yourself and pat yourself on the back. So even though you, you look at a job as a loss, it can be your best gain to propel yeah. you into what I call newness. Yeah. You know, this is a one year. So so just embrace newness, whatever it is. You know, it's like going to the restaurant and ordering the same thing all all the time. Well, there's a million other things to order. So be flexible and be willing. And it's amazing in that flexibility how willingness supports you in a resonance and totally be willing to be yourself. I think from an old pattern, it's hard to trust. It's well. I shouldn't say it's hard, but but trust is an issue that I sort of uh, grapple with, if you will, because um, I want to trust that you know everything is um, you know working out and it's all fine and it's all you know propelling me in the place where I I want to be. But mm-hmm. do you do you have do you find that issues of trust are something to look everybody, at? Everybody, every everybody is taught not to trust themselves. And I say yeah. follow your intuition in your heart. And, it, mm-hmm. and, it, and if you trust it, see, if you're listening to that inner voice in your computer brain, it might not mm-hmm. even be your voice. It might be mm-hmm. somebody else's. Right, right, that's right. So, so if I can use myself as an example, years ago my idea was fly airplanes. And I told my sister and mother that, and they said, fly airplanes? Why would you fly airplanes? That's what boys do, you know, And because so, I was in my 30s. And I learned to fly an airplane. I actually bought an airplane. And someone <laughs> said, how, how do you buy an airplane? Well, you go down the airplane showroom, you give a deposit, and then they send you your tickets that you send in the money every month. It's so different. <laughs> but it was but it was their paradigm. But because of that, I volunteered at a museum that happened to be an aviation museum, military. I started producing air shows. I had all these experiences. But what mm-hmm. if I listened to their voice in my head, don't do that? Mm-hmm. And I just had all these wonderful experiences. Right. Well, I love your enthusiasm. You you are such a positive, uplifting person. So thank you, Sherry, for, for sharing um, your experience and your your gifts. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, but you have them too. And that's what I said, you know, uh, the life I found in my death is the best. <laughs> that's actually what, the, the life in my death, that's what it is. And so you are a very special person, as everybody is. But we've been taught to let go of, to not acknowledge the specialness, your uniqueness mm-hmm. and the allness of you. So just embrace your heart, trust your heart, and if the voice is in your head, it's not yours. It's somebody else's. Right, right. Okay. All right, I can do that. Thank you so much. Cool. And thank you. Thanks for calling in, Marilyn. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Okay, well, um, that is all the callers that we have time for. And um, I just want to um, take a few minutes here. And once again, uh, you said you're going to Connecticut the end of June for for a a three-day workshop? Yes, it's Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I have another Monday night uh, workshop on the Akashic Records. It's just going to be a little workshop. But the course is, and if you go to my website and put forward slash Connecticut, you will find I'll be in Connecticut. Uh, The class starts June 23rd and then the 24th and 25th. And the weekend before that, uh, let's see, I'm trying to get the other dates, Uh, on uh, June 16th, 17th, and 18th here in Scottsdale. I'll be teaching Heal the Core here. So it's two opportunities, and if there's anyone on the East Coast that's close to Connecticut or New Jersey or New York, I will be there, and it's on the website. And if anybody would like to call and ask me questions about it, um, you're welcome. May I give my phone number? If you're willing to give your phone number on a radio show, go ahead. Oh sure, no problem. It's four eight zero. It's four eight zero six zero nine zero eight seven four. That's my office. Four eight zero six zero nine zero eight seven four. And I am so blessed to be on your show. I'm just going to give Craig Campobasso a big hug when I see him. Well, give him two or three, or one from all of us. <laughs> give him as many as you want. But yeah, we we adore Craig, and he is just another such a strong loving being light on the planet and uh, we we completely support and empower anything he does oh i and just adore knowing, him. and now i mean i didn't realize that there was a connection between you and craig and now that i know it's like oh of course <laughs> birds of a feather you are delightful oh my god well thank you so much yeah so yeah be sure to give craig a big hug for us and and uh um we have Many things to do um, with him and around him and for him. So glad you're part of uh, part of that circle too. Oh, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thank you so much. So um, one more thing, though, you do. Um, I see online courses as well. Yes, like webinar yes, kind I, of thing. Yes, and I actually started a new membership. Um, it's called the Quantum Pathic Institute, and it's online membership. And, um, and next year, our idea is actually to teach people uh, to be facilitator training and create a new career. And on the and I have master courses on there that I give, and I've written uh, uh, eleven ebooks that are part of the membership. And there's there's oh, two uh, tiers great. of membership. And so I love doing it, and this is a really, really inexpensive and fabulous way to connect through the, the membership, and it's the Quantum Pathic Institute. And, again, we have online master courses, and then I have books, and there's meditations, and it's to make it really affordable and and easy because once you download them, then you have those books. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite right. books that I wrote is on placement. On placement, where do we place ourselves in our own world, in our own life? And sometimes we've placed ourselves in a position of victimhood, but we didn't know it. So placement is a key issue. 
That's a great concept. <laughs> Isn't that it? That is a great concept. Yeah, I mean, and it has to, I mean, thinking about your analogy with the house. Yeah. Yes. Where do you spend most of your time in your house, your your figurative house? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And just make that's sure great. in that figurative house you have a fabulous master bedroom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, all the, everything, the full spa bathroom and, you know, just like you see on TV. <laughs> yes, you are the master. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you have to be a master. And I always tell my clients, look, no amateur created those trauma dramas. Only a master could. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so with the mastership already intact, you can uncreate it or detach yes. it. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I mean, th- it only makes sense <laughs> that if you had the power to create it, then you've got the power to create something else that would either Absolutely. cancel that out or detach it. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, that, it's it's called the unlearning. <laughs> the unlearning. Yeah, well... We all have some unlearning to do, and, and uh, you know, people keep trying to give us more um, lessons that, it's, those are not my lessons. <laughs> you go take them somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, stand in your own light. Yes. So Be yourself. That, that's right. That's right. It has just been such a pleasure having you with us, and I do hope that you'll come back because I have the feeling that you have only scratched the surface on all that you have to offer um, in this short radio show. So um, we do invite you to come back and uh, and share more of your love and, and light with our audience. And we do have a very awake and open audience, so uh, they're just going to... They're just going to eat you up, <laughs> a fig- well, I mean, in a lovingly, loving way. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fab- yeah. It's fabulous. I so appreciate so much um, of being on your show, and I would be delighted to be on again. Really, I'd be grateful. Well, Lavender handles that, so we'll um, we'll um, work that out offline. So wonderful, Sherry. I'm just saying thank you. Go ahead. Oh, my God, thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, um, until we meet again, and uh, for the listening audience, we thank you for joining us, and um, we will be back next week. And until then, everyone, please make the effort to live in grace and live with gratitude. Until next week, from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, thank you so much for listening, and good night. Good night, Sherry. Good night. Blessings and always, always. Always. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 